Well, I didn't say that he was intentionally killing people. What I said, Colleen, is that his rhetoric on how he views people who didn't vote for him is totally beyond the pale and totally unacceptable. And by the way, Tim Ryan, who runs all these TV commercials saying that he wants to appeal to Trump voters, wants to appeal to Republicans, also says that he wants to kill and confront what is it, the MAGA movement, Tim? That's not exactly the rhetoric of a unifier. What I do think is that the end result of Joe Biden's policies and the end result of his rhetoric is that one, we hate each other a lot more than we did two years ago. That's a significant failure of leadership. And yes, the fentanyl crisis is way worse than it was two years ago. Why is it way worse? Because Tim Ryan and Joe Biden have conspired together to reject every border wall funding proposal, to reject every proposal to cut off the amnesty, to reject every proposal that would actually secure our border and stop Thanks, the flow of these illegal drugs. Thanks, Mr. Vance. Congressman Ryan, we want to get to you here. Uh, it was alluded to, but on MSNBC, you said Americans need to, quote, kill and confront the extremist movement within the GOP. In the past, you've condemned Donald Trump's rhetoric as having the possibility to incite violence. Is that similar language that you once condemned? Movement. Kill and confront the extremist movement of which J.D. Vance, unfortunately, is a part of, right? Who says that the president of the United States is intentionally trying to kill people with fentanyl? Who says that the election was stolen? J.D. Vance does. Who runs around with Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who wants to ban books? You're running around with Lindsey Graham, who wants a national abortion ban. You're running around with Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's the absolute looniest politician in America. This is a dangerous group, and we do need to confront it. And that's why I'm running to represent the exhausted majority, Democrats, Republicans, and independents Candidates. against the extremists. Oh, it's all heating up now, isn't it? Welcome back. It's hump day. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. Time goes fast, doesn't it? We're halfway through the week and less than a month out from the election. And we will see the direction that America chooses to go in by the outcome of this November. Uh, I do love the lies. The Democrats, they just can't stop lying. It's just, it's built into their system. They have to lie. What books has Ron DeSantis banned? Just out of curiosity. I mean, I'm in Florida, so he could say whatever he wants in his home state there, but what books did he ban? Oh, oh, you mean like pornographic books? Books that have uh, illustrations depicting sexual acts between children? He banned those from kids reading them? Yeah, I, I mean, does, does anybody disagree with that? Because I can tell you here locally that over 80%, I think it's around 87% of Floridians agree that those books have no place in a library. So what other books is he banning? What he's doing is giving you a vague and generalized statement to try to create fear that there's this illusion that a Republican is like a Nazi. You're going to burn books and you're going to ban things and you're against everything that they're for. He doesn't actually have any real good answers. He obviously didn't have an answer for the border. He doubled down that he is wants to kill the MAGA movement and, and he, he didn't even shy away from that. I mean, America, you got a very big choice coming up and it's in every state. Uh, just I have choices just like you do. We're a little bit more secure here. Everything's a little bit uh, more favorable for us here in Florida, but we still got to get out and vote because once you lay back and take your foot off the pedal, that's when bad things happen. But all around the country, you guys have big choices coming up, big choices to make that's going to have direct impacts on your life and your day-to-day. 
You know, the elections that are closest to you always have the greatest impact on your life. These are those elections. This is the biggest one that we have. So you, you guys got to get out and vote and vote for people who are not insane. Colorado. You know, I got a lot on elections coming up right now. Colorado sends incorrectly, supposedly, Democratic Secretary General Griswold's office blamed the error on a glitch, saying the mix-up occurred when the department employees compared a list of the 102,000 names provided by the Electronic Registration Information Center with a database of Coloradians in driver's licenses, including non-citizens who were issued special licenses, according to the Associated Press. The department became aware of this, approximately 30,000 EBUs, uh, postcard mailers were incorrectly sent to ineligible uh, people in Colorado. A spokesperson for the Colorado Secretary of State told the Colorado Public Radio the office is undertaking an, ex- uh, an internal review of the incident and will take any corrective action that is warranted. From one of the more liberal states, <laughs> with all the problems that we've been having, I mean, do you really believe it was accidental? You know, I live my life as the kind of person that I don't really believe in coincidences. I think things play out and happen as they need to, as they should. I think most people that believe in a higher power live that way. I don't think that God makes mistakes. And even if you do not understand, and sometimes you get a, uh, it gets clarified to you, and other times it will not until the day you die. You don't understand the plan So you don't know why things are the way they are, but I don't believe in coincidences. I believe it's all by design. So I don't believe that it is a coincidence that in one of the most liberal states, and I know that usually when you think of a liberal state, you think of California, you think of New York, look up Colorado's abortion laws. If I am correct, and I'm I'm almost 100% sure I am, they have the most liberal abortion laws of any state in this United States, and that's saying a lot considering what you, what you know already about the abortion laws in New York up to and including an afterbirth. Uh, um, so I don't know how much more liberal it can get than that, but supposedly Colorado has the most liberal uh, abortion laws if my memory is serving me correctly. So do you think that I am going to sit here and believe that you guys made a clerical error and sent out 30,000 additional votes, especially when you had a lot of tight, you have a lot of tighter races going on there. And there's the good possibility of a shift of power in Colorado. Yeah, (laughs) I find it hard to believe. I got to be honest with you, I find it hard to believe. Again, I don't believe in coincidences. You know, 30,000 definitely in local elections is going to change things. You know, maybe, well, you know, I can't even say that. Look at, look at the 2020 election. Yeah, I mean, look at where, and, and Trump in certain states that really changed the outcome of the election. 30,000 would have taken care of a few states. And it would have tipped things back in a different direction. So 30,000 locally, it's a big number. I don't know how much I believe their story. I guess it's. Best that it was caught ahead of time and whoever reported it or found out or found the error, it's a good thing that it got reported and found out. Uh, the question is, are they really going to do anything about it? At this point, if you send these people, hey, come register to vote, most states you just need to uh, provide a license and your Social Security number and you're good to go. Uh, if people have fake Social Security numbers and they have a license that's already been state issued, you, know, you might have some voters sneak in there. 
I don't know. The shenanigans is already beginning. I think it's been going on for a while, but yeah, this is openly it looks like it's beginning to me. Again, I don't believe in coincidences, so I don't think that what they are saying is factual. I think that they're trying to uh, pull something off and they got caught. Former President Barack Hussein Obama is making a select forays into the midterm election this year as he focuses more on his charitable foundation, careful not to become a lightning rod for the GOP positioning in November. However, he may not be saying as much here, but he's certainly going out of his way to disrespect fellow Americans, because that's what he's doing, to foreign nations. Uh, I quote, sometimes it just turns out they're mean, they're racist, they're sexist, they're angry, and your job is then just to beat them because they're not persuadable. Obama added, I quote, sometimes we get filled up in our own self-righteousness. We're so convinced that we're right that we forget what we are right about. (laughs) Oh, man, such words of wisdom from a moron. Okay. I, I didn't we just we just went over this yesterday about being called racist. Here we go again. Okay, here we go with Obama. They, it's the same thing. And if you are somebody that is new to the game and you're just really paying attention for the first time right now, you watch going forward, or you can check back in the past because history always reveals everything. Okay, they always go to the same deal. We're racists. We're sexists. We're homophobes. We're extremists. It just, it is an endless cycle. That's their go to. They use trigger words that they think are going to get people upset and rowdy. They want to label us as something to try to make us look like we're villains. When in actuality, and I just brought you the report yesterday in LA, it shows who the real racist ones are. Look at how badly the Democratic Party treats any black person that defects any Hispanic that defects from the party and realizes what is being done to them. They educate themselves. Their eyes are open. They see what's truly going on. They switch parties and they start fighting for a more uh, either libertarian or conservative cause. And all of a sudden, they are the boogeyman. They're Uncle Tom's. Uh, they're unintelligent. Everything that they do is wrong after that. You know, They just can't do anything right because... You've defected from the racist Democrat Party. This is a typical move, especially with the elections right around the corner, typical move by the Democratic Party to try to vilify the other side in the same old ways that they always do because they know that these are all touchy situations, uh, subjects, excuse me. Being a sexist is touchy. Being a racist is touchy. Being homophobic is touchy. A lot of times people don't want to talk about it. You have politicians, instead of standing their ground and stating their case and what they believe in, they'll dance around things because they know it's a very sensitive subject, so they don't really want to get in on it. Okay, So it's easy to call people out on those things. If you remember, I had said to you, like, uh, abortion's another good one. Okay, abortion's a sensitive subject because everybody has a different opinion, you know, and, and it's a wide variety. It's not just simply a cut and dry, it's a yes or no deal. There are some people who are like no all day, every day. There are other people who say yes all day, every day, and then there are a lot of people in the middle that debate over what is appropriate, what time, under what circumstances, everything. They know it's a touchy subject. They always want Republicans to be the ones to have an answer for everything, but they don't want to answer anything themselves. Similar to what you heard in the audio in the beginning, where 
he was called out for everything that he's doing. And he had no answers for him other than to just start spitting out lies and rumors and trying to get people worked up. It's what the Democratic Party's good at. That's what they fine-tuned. So it's not surprising when you hear the former president of the United States is overseas telling people the same lies and spewing the same propaganda that they do here. That doesn't surprise me. However, we already look bad enough to the rest of the world. So to go try to vilify half of America and say things like that to other world leaders, we look like a, like a clown show right now as it is. Look at the fool in the White House. I mean, I played you, I played you the clip. You heard it. You don't need to hear it again. Two words, made in America. I mean, I... Is there a world leader that didn't watch that and either had the same reaction that Diamond and Silk had, which was fall out of their chairs laughing, or just said to themselves, oh yeah, America is ripe for the picking because it's being run by a moron. We can do anything we want to this country. It's just a clown show over there. So Obama going around and telling the rest of the natural world that half of us are what he claims we are, it's just, it's throwing fuel on the fire. I, I wouldn't expect any less from him. Yeah, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. It's a shame what he's doing, but I wouldn't expect any less from him. He hates America himself. The first true progressive in the White no, he's not the first one, FDR, but uh, the most recent progressive in the White House. Okay, And he did a lot of damage in this country. He got a lot of things organized and set up for the future progressives to come in and really hammer this country. The guy hates the United States. It's no surprise. It should be no shock to anybody. So, of course, he's going around doing that and saying those things. It's just a shame for us because we already look bad enough with that just dumb, dumb human being that is occupying the White House right now. Speaking of that dumb turd, speaking of sleepy creepy, Biden inflation has American consumers anxious about the affordability of basic items. I mean, (laughs) I don't know about you, but it's almost nerve-wracking every time you go to the grocery store. I, I go into the grocery store, And just like anybody else, you know, you forget things or your wife says, hey, can you pick this up on the way home? Or maybe your husband says, hey, can you stop and grab me some of this on the way home? And it just seems like you go in there and anymore you buy six or seven items and it's 80, 90 bucks. And you're like, what the hell did I just buy for $90? This is nothing. I mean, so yes, are you concerned concerned about it? I am. I'm concerned. It just seems like it's getting to a point where eating is becoming a luxury. I think we're all about to go on a crash diet here because eating is becoming a luxury under this administration. It's not getting any better. The food prices just seem to continually rise. I haven't seen any relief yet. And that's just one item. That's just your, that's a necessity for day-to-day life. A Los Angeles resident told KABC that getting a head start as a young person is challenging as basic items seem out of reach due to skyrocketing prices. I think that owning a home, a car, or even having your own apartment is becoming really difficult, especially if you're paying for student loans, Brandon Ratana told the outlet. Wages are not keeping up with inflation. 
Ratana, who lives in one of the nation's most expensive housing markets, would also likely feel financially squeezed regarding rental prices. In Democratic-controlled Los Angeles, rent prices have increased by 6.1% in September from the previous year, according to Redfin. Re uh, rental prices nationwide are up by 11% after reaching a whopping 19% in March. The rise in cost of living uh, uh, is causing Californian renters to feel anxious. Uh, as four in 10 residents are having challenges in paying their household expenses and fear being evicted per Census Bureau Household Pulse survey. I don't live in California. And I never aspired to. I never wanted to go anywhere near California. I, I doesn't. The thing that intrigues me most about the West Coast is in the era that I grew up in, and most people like all the big rim stuff or whatnot. In the era I grew up in, the the cool cars to drive were lowriders. You know, so I was always intrigued over there because they're in such a dry climate. And the cars over there, they have such talent with the people that build them to go over and see the cars, which is why I made my trip over there uh, the time that I did go. But I, watching, you know, we all watch different series and. Uh, something me and my wife always used to like to watch together before cable went out was different types of home shows just to get ideas and see you know, uh, different viewpoints and products that are out there. Uh, one that I like to watch, and I would say that if, if you are aged at all, House Hunters. <laughs> it was a show on TLC or HGTV, whichever one it was. Anyways, I, we used to watch that show, and I would watch places like California and people that are looking to buy a house and what you would get. And this is, oh my God, this is probably, I would say around 2000 and, oh God, I'm trying to my memory, eight-ish, somewhere around there. And what you would buy in California for five or $600,000 would just absolutely blow my mind. You would get a little shoebox to live in. I know New York is similar. Uh, you know, New York, five or six hundred thousand dollars. You're probably living in the slums, you know, with the way apartments and everything go there. But they they're equally as bad in California. And I just shook my head. I I worked at UPS like 20 years ago. Uh, one of my buddies still works there, and he's another. Um, he has he's another one that's very interested in low riders, and uh, he, he owns one, and. His dream one day was to move out to California. And he looked at, you know, caught what were the wages versus what he made here in Florida versus over there. It was basically the same amount. I think it was a couple dollars higher. That was it. But, I, you know, we looked at it and I'm like, how could you live? Like over here, you're middle class and you're doing okay. You can pay your bills. You can have some fun. You take some vacations. Your, your, your life is normal. Over there, I was like, oh, you're dead. You're dead in the water, bud. <laughs> there's just no way it's just not affordable uh better that he didn't leave because look how things turned out but but going back to this article I have a full understanding of what they're saying things over there are stupid expensive but it's not just in California California might be the one that that particular story is based on but it's all over the United States you know housing the housing market is insane Cars, especially used automobiles, are insane. Grocery prices, get everything right now is so unaffordable. You do look at your family and think to yourself, I have a young lady, a young daughter who's a young lady right now, and looking at her going forward, if 
we didn't assist her in getting a, a luckily buying a car off of a friend for a, a normal price. I'm looking at going, if you know she had to do it on her own, there's just no way. You just can't. The most basic used cars, I mean, if you want to buy something that you're fixing nonstop, I mean, 5000 and under, good luck with that vehicle. If you want to buy something that is not a real nice car, at least here in Florida, I don't know, maybe maybe my numbers are off in other places, but at least here in Florida, if you buy something between five dollars and $10,000, you got a eh, average car that needs some work. If you want a decent automobile, something that you can get in and it's trustworthy to drive, you're around $20,000 here. You know, and you look at these young kids that are just just getting into the workforce. You know, you start working when you're 15 or 16 and you're just getting into the workforce. You don't have a career right now. You're still working on trying to figure out what you want to do or what you want to be. Since you have no skills and you don't really have any work history, you're making the minimum. How do you afford to live on a minimum wage? You know, I saw, and this was, oh God, this has to be a year ago, so... Do not take my numbers on this because I have not even looked since then. It just jogged my memory talking about this. But there was a, a study that came out that showed, I want to say that kids were staying with their parents. Um, the age range went up much higher and it was a much higher percent. And it was solely because they couldn't afford to do it on their own. I know right now here in Florida, rent, <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, you might as well buy because I think most rent down here, I saw some guy was renting a house down the street from me, and I, it, it just blew my mind. I think the rent, it was a 3-2 house, was like $3,800 a month. And I just, I, I couldn't live there, I'm going to be honest with you. $3,800, uh, you better be making a lot of money to, fill, uh, to, to do that, and you're paying somebody else's mortgage. At that point, why bother? You might as well go buy, at least if you buy and you can afford the 3800 at least you own something. But, I mean, that's just insanity. So, I get it that these kids are having a hard time in life right now, getting to where they're getting going in life. You know, when I was young, we went out, we bought our first car. I think my first car cost me, God, I bought a Ford Taurus. And it was like 900 bucks. And it had a sunroof. And it drove. It had some overheating problems. And we fixed them. And it drove fine until I hit a tree with it. <laughs> We're all dumb as kids. But it drove fine, but it was like 900 bucks. I mean, and it was a piece of trash. I mean, it drove fine, but it was a piece of trash. But I loved it because, you know, it's one of your first cars. So you love that piece of trash. You know, I had a lot of cars like that. I didn't buy. We, we, we had an opportunity to go out and save up some money, have these things, and get our lives going. I was in my own apartment by the age of like 19 or 20 years old, out of mom and dad's house, paying my own rent, doing my own thing, you know, me and my wife. So I don't see the same opportunities under this administration, under current conditions in the United States right now for any of these kids. And it's a shame to see stories like these because it doesn't seem that it's gonna, like it's going to get any better unless we make some serious changes and see the flaws in the United States right now. And by flaws, I mean in politicians and policy. You know, we have to do what is right for us, the people. You have to vote for good policy. I don't care whether you like the person. I, I, ask yourself this question. Your perception of how that person is, 
is solely based on whatever you hear in the media. Am I not correct? Let me ask you another question. 99% of the time, do you ever even meet the person that you're voting for? I would say 99% of people do not. You don't even have an opportunity to talk to the said person and make and come to your own determination. So what you have to do is vote on policy. What are their policies and what is their track record? Have they kept their word with everything they said they were going to do and do I agree with their policies? I don't care what you think about them. I don't care what the media says about them. All that is unimportant. What is important is putting people in place that are going to bring us back to a time where the American dream was still possible because that dream is fading away. You see with these young children, it's fading away for them. They don't see a path forward. Or if they see a path forward, it's going to require a whole lot of additional help and then they get used to that way of being. You know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. If you're a man, you stand on your own two feet. You know, you get up, you get out, you go to work, you save your own money. Every now and then somebody needs help. Maybe every now and then you got to go to pop and say, hey, man, you know, I, I really hate to ask you this, but we're really hurting. You know, I just, I just, you got a couple hundred that I can borrow or I'll pay you back. And most fathers will say, you know, here's a little more and don't worry about it. You know, everybody needs help from time to time. That's just the way life is. But you learn how to make it on your own two feet. If the policies are correct and the United States is, is the machine is running as it's supposed to be running, you have the opportunity. Right now, that opportunity is fading. Yeah, these kids don't have that opportunity, and it's because of poor policy. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it goes back to. There's, there's not much else there. We can argue about all kinds of specifics, uh, but if you just want to say, what is one reason we are the way we are right now? It is bad policy. That's it. You want to argue about anything else? Sure, fine. But at the end of the day, whatever policies that these politicians are putting in place in Washington is why we are where we are right now and why these kids see, they don't see the future that they should see. They should be seeing a future of owning a home, owning the cars that they want, having a family, having their white picket fence, and having a job that they are are content with or happy with, and life goes on. They look forward to the good moments, maybe traveling or whatever it is they want to do in their life. That's what they should be seeing. That dream is fading for them, and it is because of bad policy. All right, today was a lot about elections and anything that I said pretty much linked back to elections. Tomorrow, I got an interesting one on BlackRock. I will, we will definitely be talking about them because BlackRock needs to be front and center. They're trying to take away our freedoms, and that must be stopped. Beyond that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your uh, day today. It is hump day. We're almost there. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review me, especially on Apple. Leave me a five-star and, <laughs> and uh, a message. And uh, anything else that I do, just go to my website, littlejocc.com. If you want to contact me, go to the contact section. And that's that. Have a good one.